0: On today's episode of Gathering the Kings. Because it just got me in that mindset to stop trying to do everything myself, that I'm the best at it. Even if I am the best at it, you can't, you can't do it all.
1: You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. what's up gathering the king's nation Chaz wolf today's guest josh whitaker takes away the stage guys because he's had multiple businesses multiple exits this dude thinks at such a high level but we break it down to super practical things that you can take away for your business um the dude's in cannabis he's been in drop shipping Um, I, I can't even regurgitate everything that we just got off of the, the pod talking about, but, um, get your notebook and pen. I know I say that to you every time, but you need to be a student. Josh is going to drop some nuggets on you. All right, everybody. Chaz Wolf gathering the Kings. I've got Josh Whitaker at the stage today. The King stage. Welcome dude. How are you? I'm good. How you doing? I'm good, brother. Um, it's a Tuesday when we're recording this and you know, I love Tuesdays because I have, I have a team meeting on Tuesdays and I just love getting with my team, man. Um, so that's why I love Tuesdays. That's why today's a good day. Um, I
0: love Tuesdays because of taco Tuesday. I uh, got, got a nice little taco Tuesday friend group that we, uh, we go out, even if I don't make it out on the weekends, I dude, make it out Taco Tuesday.
1: that's awesome. I actually have um, one of, one of my uh, team leaders, uh, one of my store managers actually um, for one of my franchises, just is all about taco Tuesday and, and is always sending me stuff. And when we, if I go there, she's always bringing it up, but I've, i you know, I like tacos. I like Tuesday. I've, I've just, I've never really put them together like that, but there's so many of you out there who yes. love taco Tuesday.
0: Yes. Yes. Lots. <laughs> Josh, what kind of business do you have, man? Um, well, I have a lot of different businesses. Uh, I, my, I guess the kind of, uh, pay the bills role, I guess you could say is a fractional chief marketing officer. So for businesses that can't afford a full-time, you know, chief marketing officer, they can rent me for a few hours a week. Sometimes it's a few hours a month. Um, That's the, 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 the job that I just, I just love to death because I love marketing. I love strategy. I love startups and um, I'm working with some just crazy, unbelievable, amazing companies. Um, And it's just so fun for me. Um, I would work for less money. Uh, because I love it so much. But, but nice. my real business is is CBD. It's cannabis. Um, it is. Uh, I have a manufacturing company. I have a fulfillment company. Um, and of course, we do marketing for CBD brands. So sure. we're just uh, almost a one-stop shop for, for CBD hemp brands.
1: Wow. Okay. Well, we're going to dive into both of those, I'm sure. But my question at the beginning is always the same, which is at this level, clearly a king in the business as the language we like to use here on the show. Doing seven figures plus 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 with multiple businesses, it sounds like. So, I want to know at this stage in the game, like, why do you still play? What keeps you going?
0: Oh, a uh, couple things. Uh, number one, I feel like if I retire, um, I will, my mind will die, <laughs> will wither away. Um, sure. I love this stuff, man. I love startups. I love mentoring. I, I just, I love it. I don't know if I'll ever stop. I don't think I will ever stop. Richard Branson's still going, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Donald, yeah. Donald J. Trump, right? Like, yeah. It's, yeah, that's a,
1: that's a, that's a guy beyond the years that we're supposed to be given, right? Yeah. Well, awesome. Okay. So, so you, you're designed for more and you haven't quite gotten there yet. It sounds like, which is awesome. I, I love the passion, honestly, that's in your voice. Um, it actually got me fired up when you were talking about the, the CMO stuff, because, um, that's how I feel about just more. It's never been about necessarily the money or influence or having a special name or being, you know, a celebrity of any kind fame, but it's just been like more, more, just like, let's go, go and get more, more like, come on, let's go. Let's go. Do you do relate to that at all? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It just, it's exciting. Yeah. One project after the next, let's go. Especially with marketing, man. Like I mean, marketing, the industry itself is just, you know, changing right before our faces over the last, you know, 10 years, probably. Yeah. Agreed. So that's awesome. Okay. So, um, let's kick it back a notch. Let's go back in time before you, uh, were the big shot that you are today. And, uh, let's talk about, you know, some of the decisions that you made. I'd love to know, um, before we get into good or bad, like, where did entrepreneurialism start for you? Like, did you, was it was it with marketing originally, or did
0: were you a sales guy? Like, where did you where did you get introduced to wanting to do your own thing? When I was eight years old, uh, I'm from Texas, and uh, I live in Denver now, but I'm from Texas. And uh, my school was blown away by a tornado. Whoa! And uh, when we finally went back to school a couple weeks later, we went to a um, a temporary, you know, location. It was an old Piggly Wiggly's. They erected like some uh, Wiggly's, uh, some, some temporary walls. Yeah, yeah. And we, uh, just had school there. And what I noticed was all the kids still had the quarters for the vending machines, but there were no more vending machines. They, they blew away. And so what I did that second day of coming back to school is I went to the gas station that was near my house. Uh, and I just bought everything that was a nickel. Um, so that was gobstoppers. That was gum. That was Tootsie Rolls. Um, a couple other things. I just stuffed my pockets as much as I could. And I went to school and I sold them all for a quarter. Yeah. You know, so I'm learning, earning five times ROI, right? Five and X I did ROI. I did, <laughs> I did that for, uh, about two weeks until I got caught. Um, caught? what do you
1: mean caught?
0: Uh, I'm what is that? A like business an at an eight, eight years degree. old. <laughs> caught by who? Yeah. School people or <laughs> your parents? Teacher. What? Yeah. That's the, the teacher. teacher. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. They, they weren't having it. Um, and, um, but I didn't stop. <laughs>
1: I mean, yeah. I'm just thinking in my mind, like I have an eight-year-old. I'm just thinking if, she, if, if my teacher called me and told me this, I'd be like, Where, well, first off, where's the money going? Where is she stashing <laughs> the money? Number two, like, congratulations. Can we get a certificate of entrepreneurialism or something? Right. You know? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So, so you get caught. What happens? So um, my bestseller was gum. So Your bestseller. <laughs> <laughs> So the problem was the gum back then were these huge, like chunky pieces that were wrapped, you know, happy, yeah. like happy is today. And that was just still too much. Right. So what I did was I found those stick packs which was like juicy fruit, Wrigley's big red, that kind of thing. Sure. And yeah. I just bought a bunch of those because I could conceal them easily in my pocket. yeah, So each individual piece for 25 cents, 25 cents. That's um, right. Which, yes. Um, so I did that for a couple more weeks. Um, and then I went to, I was at Walmart with my mom once and I saw, uh, what do you call those? Uh, super packs. Oh yeah. Oh like, yeah. You buy five packs to get an extra free. So I'm like, Oh man, I'm just making more money. Uh, but of course I got caught with that too. And it eventually stopped and they uh, shut it down, huh? Yeah. But all my money was going to baseball cards. Um, so then right. I just started diving exactly. head first in the baseball cards and yeah. I, I, um, volunteered at the local baseball card shop. That's um, right. Or like literally, you know, eight, nine years old, they were letting me just kind of hang out and learn. So Sort stuff. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> My brother-in-law
1: owns a, a card shop now um, and, and it's a whole world. And so I'm sure you're still very familiar with all that, but um, it's like it's whole
0: industry. It's not even a, it's like, a, it's like real deal stuff. Yeah. And Gary Vee probably, uh, oh, yeah. probably pumped that up a little bit too.
1: Uh huh. Yeah. That garage sales. (laughs) Yeah. And now NFTs of naturally, you know, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, dude, that's awesome. I, I, I so relate to that. Uh, you know, being a kid trying to, trying to, you know, rub, rub quarters together and get something. Um, I love that. Tell me about in, in the, in the journey of business, maybe in the cannabis business. Um, I'd love to hear about that since that's a little bit of, um, the conglomerate of what you have, but in the, in the early stages of that, give us, a, give us a good decision that you made that really catapulted you forward.
0: Um, let, me, uh, let me answer that with a story. Ooh, love it. Um, yeah. So I watched, I love TED Talks. Um, I watched this TED Talk once about um, startups. And I can't remember the guy's name, Bill Gross, maybe. He found, he's the founder of Ideal Lab out of New York. Okay. Um, this is a long time ago. It was just you know, 10 years ago. And what he did was he studied the top startups and what made them successful. So he studied, I don't even know how many tons, tons of startups. And he's like, and it's not the ones that are just like eking by after three years, but these are the ones right. that like went yeah. to the moon. Right. Yep. And stuff. what he found was it wasn't the idea. It wasn't the people, it wasn't the money. Um, consistently it was the timing of the idea. So the, the best decision, and this was before I mean, I made this decision not knowing what I just told you, um, but I moved to Denver right when recreational marijuana became legal and I didn't even smoke pot. I just said, I got to get into this industry. Like what, yeah. what do I do? How do I, how do I get in? Um, so the best decision was recognizing the timing uh, of something and jumping in. Yeah. And I went from a, a tiny little web dev shop with literally two of us plus an assistant to uh, just blowing up. I mean, literally, within three months, we had—I don't even know—nine employees. Um, I mean, we were, we only had one competitor, and and they weren't good. So, yeah. uh, it, we we Easy rose to, to the top really quick. Yeah,
1: that's. I mean, there's so much to unpack there. Um, the the timing of that. What what makes me think like when I hear that story, what I think of is this. Like even like we just talk about Gary V and NFTs, or you can you can equate it to timing of of anything. You know, i Bitcoin many years ago or whatever, right? Real estate, different times, you know, ups and downs. But in that moment when you were just like, okay, how do I get in? Was there doubt of have I missed it or was it, I knew I was early and I just got to figure it out? Yeah, definitely.
0: Definitely. I I knew I was early for sure. Okay. Yeah. How did you know that you were early? Because because it had just become legal and I knew that somebody needed to capture this market for sure. It's, okay. I mean, it's no different than the NFT market right now. Right. Some, some marketing company needs to, or they're probably already working on it. Some marketing company needs to be out there claiming to be the NFT specialists. Um, and just why I just FYI, I am doing a project right now uh, launching NFT for a tequila brand. Nice. And I don't think I'm not recording all of this and, yeah. and writing up some SOPs and, and uh, I'm not saying I'm going to start a marketing company by any means, right. but I will have a process and the system and, and I will be able to blow NFTs out of the water when I get done with this, for sure. Yeah. But the point I'm trying to get is we're at the exact same, at the exact same scenario here. Yeah. Somebody needs to own this stuff um, yeah. because it's, it's, it's not rocket science. It is, there are very specific things that you need to do to make a project successful, and it's, it's, uh, it's not that hard.
1: Yeah. And so I, I, what I'm trying to relate to, um, for myself and many entrepreneurs, obviously we're idea guys and gals. And so we've always got all these ideas and we never do anything with them. Right. Cause that's what most people do. Yep. And so in that moment, when you had this idea, you initially thought, okay, like I got to get in, let me, let me figure it out. You didn't necessarily have doubt around being too late, but even what you just said about the NFTs of like, someone should do this and then your second thought that you thought out loud was someone probably already is now, that doesn't
0: necessarily stop you from oh, going yeah, and yeah. doing <laughs> it but tell us why because Good. most that's people a, think yeah, that and a, then they stop right absolutely yeah you're you hit that right on the head for sure most people assume it's already been done and just won't go won't put, put forth the effort so why uh, why did you no, continue no, no. I, with cannabis then oh i know i'm gonna be better than anyone it doesn't matter like i i know beyond the shadow of a doubt i'm gonna do it better so even if there is competition, I'm going to do it better. Yeah, um, yeah. That that was that was that was easy.
1: And so the mindset there is: I know what I'm doing, or what I'm going to be bringing to the market is valuable, whether someone else has done it or not. I know the value that I bring, and someone's going to want to pay me for it. Yeah, yeah, okay? absolutely. I'm just I'm I'm relating this to you know the agency owner who's listening, or the you know the flooring guy who's listening, or the you know you name it, right? Every type of business. Uh, the franchise owner who has one restaurant, right? And they're thinking about, wow, well, if I go to that other part of the city, but there's, al- there's already that pizza parlor over there, right? It's the same mindset of limiting thinking that you're referring to, but you just said, no, I know that I can do it. I know that the market is there. I've done my research, so I'm just gonna go for it. Yeah, yeah. Is your pizza better than that guy that's over there? Right. If it is, go. Go for it. Go. If not, why are you even in business? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> okay, let's flip the script. What about a bad choice that you made that was just like detrimental, save us time and money right now
0: by listening to this terrible decision that you made? That is a, that is a very easy one, easy one. Okay. Very, very easy. Um, I needed a co-founder for, for mm-hmm. one of my companies. Like If you're going to raise money, you really need a co-founder. Okay. Um, and I needed a co-founder. And I, um, it, it is not easy. <laughs> it's not easy to find a co-founder um, I mean, you know, you've, you've got to find people that you like, you know, you're going to be working with them for a long time. Um, and you've got to find a person with the same, you know, similar morals and similar yeah. work ethic and, and they compliment you. You know, I'm not a systems and processes guy. I'm an yeah. idea guy. And I, I, I love the creativity of everything, but I've got to give somebody else to do all the busy work. Um, so I chose a friend don't dump, don't. Uh, <laughs> who, fit the, who fit the bill perfectly on paper. Like, I mean, to the T, like it is like people would tell me, wow, how did you find this co-founder? This is amazing. Right. Um, and I don't like talking negatively about anybody. So I'm going to hold that in, but let's just say the morals and ethics, well, even the work ethic did not, let's just say nothing panned out (laughs) how it was supposed (laughs) to. (laughs) so important (laughs) in a co-founder. None of that, none of that was true. Um, but she was a friend, like a long time friend. And, um, I mean, we, we made it work to what we needed to, but in sure. the long run, no, it's yeah, it just it not good. God, but cho- choosing a co-founder, um, man, it's just so difficult, but God, you've got to be so careful because yeah. your entire existence is riding on that. That person could just screw it up just like that. Right
1: now. <clears throat> some of these guys are, are listening to you say co-founder and they're like, bro, uh, what do you mean by that? Like, what do you, I, I found it. It's my company, you know? So, Really what you're saying is that, you know, whether you call it visionary integrator, CEO, COO, two guys, two gals, one guy, one gal, whatever, you need someone to run with that can compliment you in order to scale. Because do you find that it's possible or maybe just your chances are less if you you don't have that counterpart to be able to get to like really like seven, eight figures? Hands down.
0: Yeah, for sure. You can't do it all yourself. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm working with a company right now called kind point. It's a psilocybin and ketamine treatment telehealth company. Okay. okay. So we're just launching, um, and people are going to call in for treatment. Um, and they're going to be directed where to go. Well, first of all, directed if it's even right for them, that's number one, right. and then directed where to go at, to a reputable place that is going to provide, you know, good treatment for typically PTSD, but a few, a lot of other things. Sure. Um, And we don't have a doctor. We we don't have a medical practitioner. We have a guy that has raised uh, a bunch of money that is just really good at systems and processes and seeing things to the finish. He's had one successful exit, just just a great guy and and a great worker. Um, But we have to have that medical person. And that medical person did not start the company with us or with him, right? Right. But it's still a co-founder, right? That person is getting equity. Um, yeah. and so that is just so badly needed because they compliment you. You just, you have to have that. Um, and, and it doesn't matter. Like you just said a restaurant, right? I mean, what if something happened? What if, what if I'm, I'm snowboarding and I, and I, you know, break a leg and right. I can't go work the restaurant for, for four or five days, your right. co-founder is going to fit in there, right? right? It's just so important. A co-founder doesn't mean it's a 50, 50 split. It just right. means that's somebody that compliments you and you can fall back on and, and man, even just bouncing ideas off of each other. Oh my gosh. Just that alone is worth it. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's- yep. Yeah, exactly.
1: I think that there's a lot of, a lot of things that you gave uh, that, you know, <clears throat> watered it down for, for lack of better terms. It, Cause it doesn't mean that, that um, you know, those other companies can't have that or, or do that. It's just going to look slightly different. Maybe it's a, uh, maybe it's somebody that you hire that has great potential. They're a young guy um, and, and you, you bring them into that seat. But, what you've identified more than anything is that there is a seat, whether you realize it or not, it's vacant and you got to fill it um, with yeah. someone who can counter counteract or, or help uh, some of the, especially as, as business owners, as entrepreneurs, for the most part, we're, we're a little over the place. We got a lot of ideas yeah. We're workhorses, you know, but we kind of get in our own way or, or at least we can't pick up our own mess maybe. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, when it comes to decisions or, you know, the decisions that you've, shared with us good and bad. Is there a process that you follow or any sort of a discipline that you've kind of come up with over the years of your success, um, around making decisions? Personal or business
0: or both? Uh, both, especially if they're separate or if they're different. Yeah, let's, we'll talk about business. Cause that's, that's pretty easily defined. Okay. Um, still working on that personal life part, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that significant other piece. I'm still tra- working on that one. That's a tough one. Uh, uh-huh. business. So I got that part. You got so, that one <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, thankfully I'm at a point where I can hand select, right. Who I want to work with. Right. Sure. So it's, it's, uh, because of that, I'm happier, right. I'm only working with people, you know, yeah. that fit these three criteria. So number one, I have to like you. Um, if I don't like you, I'm not going to, to work with you. That's, that's number one, Easy. nothing else matters. If that one doesn't work, um, we just, we have to get along. And, um, so that's key. And again, that goes back to morals and ethics, right? That goes back to, to just, are you a crappy person? Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's, yeah, I don't know, no more shitty people. So, uh, number two, um, is the idea valid? Is the company, is the company a good company, right? Is it, does it, does it have, it didn't have to have traction. Is it, is it, do I see the company be a viable success? Does it have some legs? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, those, those are the two, two main things. And then the third one is, um, for me and I don't, this may not be a common for everybody, but it's money. Yeah. Okay. So most companies that I used to go in contact with just didn't have the funds, you know, they would start a company and they put all their money into it. And then shit, where's the marketing, right? I mean, right. I've got a thousand dollars a month. So what are you going to do with that? right? It's, you have to have money to market or to spend on sales. Um, and if you don't have that, it just doesn't, it just doesn't work. You just
1: have an idea. Yeah. yeah. You've got a, you got a nice table uh, where you've drawn out some things <laughs> maybe, maybe some uh, ways you're going to try to help people. But, but if you don't, if you can't locate the people or, or sell the people, you can't help them. Right. Yeah, agree. Okay. So you're going to break that down here for, again, for the six figure owner who's listening right now and going, okay, what does that, what does that mean to my business? And what that means for right now, what Josh was basically saying is, look, you should do things that number one, he said, bring you joy, right? He gets to pick who he, who he, who he does. So that's the task that you're doing, or if the business itself is producing a result that you like. So like for me, When I bought edible arrangements, I don't even like to eat fruit really. I don't, I definitely don't like to make fruit baskets, but I did both because growing that brand or growing my little regional enterprise in my 20s served a purpose. I was excited and it made me happy to grow. Right. So that's number one, bring you, bring you joy. Number two was, is there legs? Like, does this thing, can it, can it scale? Can it go anywhere? What you're doing right now in the flooring company or for me with edible arrangements, am, am I, Am I going to just be at the six figure mark? I'm going to have one location or does it have some, does it have some meat on the bone? Can I, can I grow to four locations, seven locations? Can I have a hundred employees? Like what's really the possibility here? And sometimes that takes some, like sitting down, like writing down some notes on a piece of paper, like really giving your mind the ability to go, okay, what does this look like two and five and 10 and 20 years out? Am I even still doing this in two, five, 10 and 20 years? Right? So, um, I don't know anything else to correlate those things down to, to someone who's
0: maybe listening. So I think, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of talk out there about do what makes you happy. Um, but you can't, I hope people don't always, it seems like people are talking about it so much that you have to have something yep. that makes you happy all the time. Yep. I'm not happy all the time. Don't get me wrong. I mean, yep. I've got a, got a drop shipping fulfillment business, warehousing business. That's where I am now. Um, I don't, I don't like filling orders, but damn it. If somebody can't come in today, I'm, I'm back there filling orders, putting, you know, CBD products in a box and putting it and taping it. Right. Uh-huh. Like that's not fun. Right. But so I think it's, it's just, it's an overall sense of happiness. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you, you can't be, can't be happy all the time, even though it seems like a lot of coaches out there are saying, that, uh, no, just find what makes you happy and just do that. Yeah. That's not the full story really. Yeah.
1: You know, um, I I can't, I can't ever think of a time where I fired somebody and it was fun. Um, you know, I can't think of a time where we didn't hit a sales goal where we like had an awesome party, you know, like there's going to be things in the business, especially if you're trying to scale and trying to have a viable thing, that's going to be lasting, uh, going to be around for a while something that you can give to your children or even just sell or have an exit. Like you said, right. um, it's got to be viable. And we just have to do some of the things that sometimes we don't want to, but I think that you're, you gave a good picture of what it looks like. You can be picky. You can, you can ha- set some parameters. Um, you can generally have an idea, especially if you've gotten good at delegating and having team members compliment you. Then um, that you can, you can get closer to that mark of doing only what you love. But I mean, I don't know of any successful person out there that would tell you otherwise that they've, done
0: only what they love. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Okay. I think the, the other part about this from a marketing perspective is, is that I'm able, or I am so picky about who I work with that it's also pretty easy to target these people, right? You know, if you know who your target market is from a marketing perspective, because you're so picky, then it's a, it's a lot easier to market to those people than it is the, the broad swath of, uh, of people around.
1: Yeah hundred percent. Yeah. I'll even use this as an example here with the podcast. Like I had a guy the other day comment. I'm, I don't know of anyone else that runs ads to get podcast guests, <laughs> which is interesting. I mean, but I, I love providing, I love providing uh, good content. And so for me overall in my business, that's good. And so I had a guy who was like, why, why, why do you have to be at seven figures to get, to, to get on the show? Like, why are you so ex- like, you know, you're excluding all the little guys. I'm like, no, 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 this. Like it's the exact reason why I'm doing this show. Like literally, I don't make money on this. Like I'm, I'm literally interviewing guys like you, so that way you can give back to the guy who wants to not be little anymore. Right. And he was like, "Oh, you know, just thank goodness it wasn't like a, just an internet troll, just leaving bad stuff everywhere." But he actually responded back, like, "Oh, that makes sense. I get it." You know, like you know, sometimes we do things um, that that have to make sense for the bigger picture. So, especially in the marketing world. Okay, speed round. You ready, Josh? Yeah. Okay. First question is this especially since you're a marketing guy, I love this. I'm gonna, I'm really curious of your answer. If you could only pick one metric to track in all of your businesses,
0: what would it be? I, I hate to use the word happiness after I just kind of poo-pooed it, but <laughs> you know, it really, if, if I went back, um, I said I would never go back into the restaurant business again ever after managing a bunch of restaurants when I was younger, but I kind of fell into owning a high-end restaurant in Denver, Colorado. And um, I was just like, I, I'm going to like blow this one to the moon. This is, this is just too good to be true. It was just like, like a, it was just amazing. And I hated it. I, it didn't matter that it was one of Zagat's top 15 restaurants in the freaking country. It didn't matter. We had an amazing chef and, and, you know, Broncos players and, and, you know, movie star, we didn't, that, none of that mattered. I hated it. <laughs> Right. And so if it's one metric, it's a God, if you're not happy, you got to get out like your entire, your entire life is, is just withering away. If you are not happy and if you are a plumber and you are an extremely successful plumber, um, but you're not happy doing the plumbing, then damn well you've got to figure out how to just hire a bunch of amazing people and and do it. Because if you are not happy, And again, like I said, earlier, it doesn't have to be happy every single day, but man, just overall happiness has to be there. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm picking up like
1: purpose or fulfillment of, you know, heading in the right direction, like holistically. Um, because to your point, again, not every day, um, whether you're the owner or the plumber or the both, um, there's going to be days where it's good and bad. So very good. I appreciate that, that perspective. I think that that's, you know, especially since you, like you said, you kind of poo-pooed it right before. It's good. It's good because it's both. It really is. Yeah. It really yeah. is. Um, okay. What book would you recommend that a six-figure owner read that's trying to get to the seven-figure mark?
0: Uh, there's two. There's okay. Two. Go for it. We'll take them both. Um, I love The One Thing by Gary Keller, founder of Keller Williams. Yeah. Um, that was a great freaking book. Just You've got that huge, that just amazing thing that you're going after. You know, what can you do for five minutes a day to get closer to that piece? Right. I, I love that book to death, um, but probably the book that's helped me out the most um, is Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Workweek. Okay, um, controversial. Of all, one of my mentors uh, was Tim Ferriss's marketer. So, just okay. FYI, he worked hard. He never works four hours. Like he's, he's working 60 hours a week, every single week, just FYI for for those that don't know. Um, but the the reason why I like that book so much is because it got me in the mindset of, of outsource first. Yeah. Because when I read that book and that was probably eight, nine years ago, maybe, um, I I just, it was always, I have to do it all. Like I have to do everything. No one can do it as good as me. And it was just like, if I bring somebody in, I, I have to manage them, I have to you know, watch over them. And right. really right. That, that book just drilled it in my head that no, if you, if you get a project that, that you don't know, first thing is, who can I look to? Who can I get yeah. help from? Who, yeah. How can I outsource it? It's no longer, how can I figure this out? Let me go read a bunch of stuff on NFTs. Now it's like, who are the players? Um, I've got a call right after this with some huge player in the NFT space who just had a very successful launch. Um, and I'm, and I'm, that's, that's the way I handle it. It's, yeah. it is, I love that book because it just got me in that mindset to stop trying to do everything myself, that I'm the best at it. Even if I am the best at it, I, it that's doesn't bad. matter. Like yeah. you, you can't, you can't do it all. And I, that it just drilled,
1: drilled me. Yeah. Super, super applicable to, to the six figure mark, because that's most likely if not the reason probably in the top three reasons of why they're still six figures is because they're still doing most things. So yeah. Great recommendation. Um, Do you, next question, do you intentionally network or mastermind with other business owners?
0: I try. (laughs) I'm so damn busy. Um, Sure. You know, I, I am very strategic with my time and I will play pickleball at a athletic club. Because I can mix fitness sure. with networking. Yeah. Um, or if I go to an event, that event is going to be, I'm going to be surrounded by people that um, I either like a whole lot because they're, you know, good friends, or it's people that either I can help them or they can help me or we can help each other in some form or fashion. Totally. Um, just the old networking, you know, the, the events and stuff like that. Not, yeah. not at all. I don't, don't get to go to those anymore. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, at some point I think that, you know, now you have representatives potentially, you know, who are doing it for you. Um, that's part of what you were just talking about, but, but yeah, I think <clears throat> rubbing shoulders, like you said, even if it's with fitness, I mean, that's what we're doing right now, right? Like I've learned today from you, we've talked about good things, yeah. you know? So, um, okay. The last question is this, you've got a lot going on on your world. Okay. And if you lost it all, all of it was gone. All your, all of your clients with the marketing, um, all of your, ownership of, of all of your other businesses, what do you do?
0: Well, I would probably be homeless. I lost it all. So, <laughs> so I would probably pretend like I am in college and, um, this is not what I did in college. This is just what I tell every college kid that'll listen. yeah. Um, yeah. I will, I would find someone like Gary V for example, I will find someone that I look up to, that I aspire to be, um, and I will beg them to let me ride their coattails. And when I say ride their coattails, I mean, I will provide so much benefit to them that if I were to ever leave, that they will miss me dearly. Um, sure. I, I will do so much for them, but I will be learning from them at the same time yeah. um, and, and building up. I, I, will be, I will be helping someone that is uber successful uh, be more successful and they will love me for it. And I will be able to, and of course I'll be very strategic on that. Right. They're going to be a good person. Right. They're not just going to like kick me to the curb after I've made them you know, a ton of money. Right. So sure. that's, that's, uh, I think that's what I would do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's great. Um, I love, I love the fact that uh you were realistic and the fact that you'd be probably homeless, but, uh, you know, the scenario really is is that you're at the bottom, right? Like I don't have anything left. Well, you went right to your, you went right to your, what you already know. Cause that doesn't get taken away. We know that. Right. But yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> what you already know is that connections are huge. Um, adding value is huge. And so someone can walk away with that today. They don't have to lose their business to take those two points away from you. You know, mm. lean into your connections and, and provide immense value. You provide value for people. It's part of, it's part of the podcast, right? Like if I provide value for people, whether it's you or, or people listening, it like that, there's a way that that comes around. Right. Whether it's connections or business or, or partnerships, you know, we get, we get, we get stuff all the time that comes across our desk because someone heard something or got value from something. Right. So I would highly encourage you guys listen to Josh on that. Um, for sure. Josh, how how do they connect with you as an individual or a CMO? If they're looking to hire somebody or, or whatever, how can they find you?
0: Um, probably the easiest way. Um, I, I guess probably Instagram. I'm posting more on Instagram, uh, more on the story side, so you may not see a post since December on the regular. But just put Josh from Denver um, yeah. in Instagram, and you'll you'll see me there. There you um, go. And by the time this is published, it'll it'll probably be a lot even more. But you'll um, be yeah. yeah. I'm really trying to hit uh, the socials uh, pretty hard. I, I have found that I can provide a lot more uh, wonderful information that way. You know, just share it with so many others. Uh, with one post, can reach tens of thousands, uh, just because I found a new way to to ship something that saves fifty cents per shipment, right? And right. every small business owner that ships something would want to know that, right? So yeah. I, I love I love Instagram for that, and so that's probably probably the best. That's cool, man. Awesome. Well, we we obviously wish you the best of
1: luck in all that you have going on, and uh, man, you're like it's March right now, and so Denver, it's about to be like the season, like opening up, snow's going away, hiking, and all sorts of outdoor stuff. Absolutely. Yes. Very cool. Looking forward to it. All right, man. Well, hey, we really appreciate you. Best of luck in everything that you got going on. All right? Great. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Gathering the Kings. We hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond. If you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there, I want you to go to GatheringTheKings.com. That's GatheringTheKings.com.